0: Welcome to the Rainer Strength and Nutrition Podcast, hosted by Liz and Michael Rainer, the husband and wife team behind Rainer Strength and Nutrition, where our mission is to empower athletes of all levels with the tools and knowledge to fuel their performance and accomplish their goals. So whether you are training for your very first 5K or your 50th triathlon, we are here to provide you with all of the information to succeed in performing your best and accomplishing your goals. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Rainer Strength and Nutrition Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Michael. And we are your hosts. Today, we'll be talking about a topic near and dear to our hearts, which is how to eat before workouts to maximize performance. This is one of the topics we are asked about most often by endurance athletes and just athletes alike. And it's so, so important regardless of what level you might be training at. So just a real quick disclaimer before we dive into some of the details. you might be thinking to yourself, writing this off already, I'm not trying to maximize performance, this doesn't apply to me. When we say maximizing performance, we mean if you're training for a big race, trying to get a PR, um, if you're trying to make improvements to your performance, period. So if you are training to run faster than you've run before, so it doesn't matter, If it's your second 5K ever or your 100th marathon, if you are training to run faster than you've ever gone before or longer, so if you've never run a 5K before and you're training for your first 5K, you are trying to maximize your performance. You're asking your body to perform at a level that it's never done before. So that is what we mean when we say maximize performance. So no matter what level you're at, if you're asking your body to do something that it has never done before you are trying to maximize performance.
1: Or getting, like you said, getting better at what the things you already have done, right? So you're trying to race faster than the other people around you. You're trying to swim faster. Right, so doing something
0: you've never done before. So like if you've run a marathon in 330 and you're going for a 320, you've never done that before. So trying to do something you've never done before. So to kick us off, Michael, our resident... um, metabolism guru it's going to help us understand what's happening in your body so that we can then talk about more why we need to fuel our our workouts prior to starting them so michael
1: yeah so take it away so like liz said i think it's really helpful when we have this conversation about eating before workouts just to start with like what's happening in your body so that you understand why it's important to do this just like framing the whole thing so Carbohydrates are our body's main energy source during higher-intensity exercise. So, you know, at really low-intensity exercises, fat makes up, you know, a considerable amount of the energy that we're we're burning. So,
0: low-intensity exercise, we're talking about, like, walking, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, this is... So, fat is the primary energy source. Typically, obviously, this varies person-to-person based on genetics, your training status, all of these things, but typically... Fat is the primary energy source at intensities below 40% of VO2 max, which Liz, like you said, is you know a slow jog, um, walking, things like that. Um, where we see this start to change over is fat usually makes up about 50% of the energy, um, and carbs obviously would make up the other 50% at around 40 to 65% of VO2 max.
0: So that's going to be like a jog or a very easy pace for you. So. 40 to 65% of VO2 max might be like your base pace recovery run right. type of pace if you're a runner. Um, and at that point, you're burning about 50% fat, 50% carb to fuel your muscles.
1: Yeah. So obviously, working muscles need energy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're burning energy, so we got to provide energy to them. And carbs are the most efficient fuel source, they burn faster than fat. Um, so they're obviously going to be our preferential fuel source at those higher intensities because, like I said, fat's a little bit slower, it's a little bit less efficient, and neither of those things are favorable when we need energy quick. So when we're at super hard intensities, we're burning carbs just sh- just to try to get that really quick energy, that really efficient energy. Um, so, like with any nutrient, our body is able to store carbohydrates. Um, this is I like to think of this in the bigger picture, like from an evolutionary perspective, our bodies are able to store all kinds of nutrients so that if we... Because if we didn't, like, nutrients are used for all kinds of things. But if we weren't able to store any kind of backup of of any of these nutrients, then if we missed a meal, we'd die. So our body's able to kind of store some to give us a buffer until we can kind of find our next meal. Um, thinking about, like, hunter-gatherer past, you know, it would definitely not be favorable to have a species that would die if we didn't eat every few hours.
0: Yeah, and so real quick, we all, I feel like, are familiar with storing fat, like people talk about that in
1: our general culture, you know, like
0: body fat. Um, But yes, it's really important to know that in addition to being able to store fat, our body is also able to store carbohydrates. And that is, you know, really important so that when we need to to perform when we we haven't just recently eaten, we have those stores of carb.
1: Yeah, and quick energy for like those really... Quick bursts of like high intensity. Mm-hmm. So again, if you think about this from an evolutionary perspective, this is you know you're sitting around and all of a sudden a line comes out and you've got to go sprint off. Mm-hmm. You've got to have something on like in your body to have quick energy. Mm-hmm. So same kind of concept here. So our storage form of carbohydrates in the body is called glycogen. So you may have heard of glycogen. We store some You may of... not have heard of glycogen. You may so not. That's you also it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we predominantly store most of the glycogen in our body in our muscles, but we also store some in the liver. So while we do store some, our stores of glycogen are relatively small. Um, Even if we, you know, a lot of people have heard of carb loading, Mm -hmm. especially endurance athletes, you know, it's that pasta dinner the night before the race. So even if we do like, a strict carb loading protocol, most athletes can only store about 2,000 calories worth of glycogen. Um, So wait,
0: let's pause on that for a second. So if most athletes can only store about 2,000 calories worth of glycogen, and um, I know you were going to get to this in a second, but most runners burn about 80 to 140 calories per mile. That means, let's say for easy math, someone's burning 100 calories per mile, that would be 20 miles, right? It would be that just your glycogen. So if you think about it, if your glycogen stores are fully topped out maxed, and it's about 2000 calories worth of carb and you go out to run or do an endurance, like, I guess we could compare for cycling, you know, a two and a half, three, three and a half, four hour um, workout or something. um, That's not much. You need more.
1: No. And I mean, if you look at, you know, cyclists can burn upward of a thousand calories per hour, depending on the intensity So again, I mean, that only gives you two hours Mm -hmm. at fully max capacity. Yes. So when we compare that to like our stores of body fat, even really lean athletes can store over 40,000 calories of of fat. Um, So obviously, like, again, I I say that for comparison's sake, like this is a relatively small pool of energy that we store.
0: So just real quick before we move on, I know we already kind of briefly touched on it, but why doesn't our body use that 40,000 calories of fat instead of just that teeny weeny bit of glycogen that we have.
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. So fat is a really good fuel source for low intensity. Like we talked about. So walking around throughout the day, you know, just taking the dog for a walk or whatever.
0: Low intensity stuff.
1: Exactly. You probably are. Most of that energy is probably coming from fat. Again, carbs are still getting burned. um, Especially for like spurts of high intensity stuff. Um, So, During exercise, we can't just like say, I'm going to burn fat. And so it it happens. And and everybody's point where they switch over to burning predominantly carb is different. Mm -hmm. Again, like I said earlier, uh, genetics come into play here. Your training status, your diet even can affect this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, most athletes are going to burn through their glycogen stores in a much shorter period Mm -hmm. of time than they'd like.
0: So what happens how would we know if we were maybe burning through our glycogen stores toward the end?
1: Yeah. So this is the classic bonk, hitting the wall, athletes call it. I mean, there's all kinds of terms for it out there, but this is just where you're fatigued. This mm-hmm. is where you've run out of energy. Um, you just can't keep up with the workload, the physical workload, the, the speed, the distance, whatever that you were trying to do. Mm-hmm. You just can't keep up with that. Um, you can also see this as like shakiness, irritability, headaches, all of those kind of things can set in once we've we've run out of glycogen, bonked, hit the wall. All of mm-hmm. those things, um, and I think this is this is something really important because we're using that two thousand number to explain this. But that's again with like the strict carb loading protocol. It's also
0: simplified. Like it's yeah. not you can't just like bank. We're not telling you that you've got two thousand calories in the tank. Yeah, no matter what workout most of the time when you go out to do a workout or like a long runner ride, you're below, you're well below that. Well and your your body personally may even that's not an exact number. We're using it to explain it. Yeah. To you. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So with all of this in mind, our goal of fueling before and even during workouts and races is to prolong the amount of time that it takes to use up our muscle glycogen. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're the idea is, and this is where the carbs Mm -hmm. come into play. If you hadn't already gathered that, um, we're really advocating for carbs for endurance athletes, but, um, this is where they come into play because what we're trying to do is add in external carbs. We're eating these carbs to prevent our body from having to break down our muscle and liver glycogen as quickly.
0: Yes. So we want to, we're basically like Michael said, dump it in extra carbs right before our workout in an attempt to make it so that we use that glycogen later and later to delay and, if possible, completely avoid hitting that wall.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit to are some frequently asked questions we get. um, And it's not really a frequently asked question. It's kind of like a thing that I see done wrong sometimes Mm -hmm. is people like wait to start taking carbs in until later in their workouts. Uh, And the problem is once you've depleted glycogen, unless you like drastically slow down, you're not going to like, while you're still exercising, you're in a, uh, a state of like you're breaking down glycogen. Yeah. And so you're not going to be building it up while you're using it. Um, so it's, you're digging yourself in a hole and it's hard to get out of it. And so one of the things that I encourage athletes to do is get out ahead of it mm-hmm. and start working on, you know, your carbs and stuff as soon as you
0: start working out. Awesome. So great. Now, you know why you should eat before your workout. And if you haven't already gathered, We're big fans of carbs. So we're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. But again, Michael mentioned we want to kind of dive into some FAQs we get about eating before workouts. And um, this next one I feel like is sometimes a controversial topic. So we're going to share our take with you based on um, some research. So the first question that we often get is about fasted cardio in the morning. And we're going to talk about this specifically for Endurance athletes or people that that care about their performance and you want to use that workout to build toward those goals, like we talked about earlier. So, should people do fasted cardio in the morning, Michael? And what about intermittent fasting? Because typically, if you're doing intermittent fasting and you work out in the morning, you'd be doing fasted cardio in the morning.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So this has been like a hot topic the last few years, especially. Um, so, like we talked about, when you deplete muscle glycogen you're going to slow down drastically or stop altogether. Mm -hmm. And so the whole idea, like we said, of all of this fueling that we're talking about Mm -hmm. is to prolong your body's muscle glycogen stores. And so some of the idea behind fasted cardio is kind of circumventing that almost. So the idea is that by doing fasted cardio, you can improve fat oxidation. So basically make your body more efficient at utilizing fat, even at a little bit higher intensity than it might by default. Um, And so the idea is that you're able to teach your body to prolong glycogen stores. Um, And what we see is, I'm going to put a little asterisk here and we'll circle back to it. We see that happen in men. If you Mm -hmm. do fasted cardio, you'll see some improvement in fat oxidation rates and fat utilization. Um, But where this kind of circles and falls apart is that um, what we see is when you're not fueling for your workouts and the training um muscle breakdown increases you see elevation in cortisol levels which is obviously not a positive thing we see detriments to recovery and we also see increased inflammation Mm -hmm. so you might be optimizing fat utilization a little bit but it comes at a price and so like you said we're talking about this from the perspective of an athlete that cares about their performance in any respect Mm -hmm. and if you do Fasting workouts are probably not the best way to achieve that. Yeah. Um,
0: so just one other thing kind of about intermittent fasting as well. Um, we're talking about intermittent fasting and fasted car- fasted cardio or fasted workouts, like Michael said, for athletes and if you care about your performance. If you are not someone training for a specific event and you're maybe just doing a little bit lower intensity workouts and, you know, maybe you, you do have some weight loss goals or something, um, the research shows that intermittent fasting is – is effective at, for someone who wants to to lose weight, but it's not more effective than just general diet and exercise. So if you like it and can do it consistently, which if you've worked with Michael and I, you know we're all about consistent yeah. habits. So if intermittent fasting is something that you enjoy doing and you can do it consistently, meaning you don't just do it like two days a week or five days a week, but like you do it for, for months and things like that, um, go for it. And backing up just a little tiny bit further before we move on, um, for those of you that don't know what is – what fasting is, we mean like 10 to 12 hours without yeah. food. So that's pretty typical for someone who um, eats dinner and then eats breakfast at a normal time. So like if you did a 10-hour fast, that's like what you typically do each night. If you yeah. sleep eight hours, That's eat like dinner. your normal overnight. Yeah. Workout. So, oops, I'm dropping my shoe. So if you guys just heard a slam, <laughs> Sorry. I'm <losing> my shoe. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to share that to say like we all fast at night. And that's the reason this is this topic of eating before workouts, especially if you do them in the morning, is so, so important because, like Michael said, training fasted can lead to poor recovery and also just you're probably not going to feel as good during that workout. So we don't want that, right? Yeah.
1: And I mean, to that end, if you care about performance, right, we're going to keep circling back to that point because if you're just staying active to be active, maybe you try intermittent fasting because you enjoy it, mm-hmm. but... If you're looking to improve your performance, which typically someone who wants to optimize their fat utilization does probably care about their performance in some respect. Um, the other thing to think about is that if we're trying to improve performance and recover from training and stuff, we're trying to minimize the amount of time that we're in a catabolic state mm-hmm. or a state where things are being broken down, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to prevent muscle from being broken down. We're trying to prevent um you know, glycogen from being broken down. We want to re- replenish these things. We want your to body needs off. fuel
0: to do yeah. that. It's got to have it
1: exactly. And so we're trying to keep our bodies in an anabolic state, a state where we're building and repairing and growing. Um, and so this fasted cardio, intermittent fasting, is intentionally putting yourself or keeping yourself in a catabolic state. Um, and Which so it does not
0: go with performance.
1: Exactly, it's counterproductive to recovery. It's counterproductive to your performance. Um, again. You know, this is one of those things where I tell someone, if you're really dedicated to wanting to try this, this is something that maybe you try before just like that really short, easy recovery workout and mm-hmm. see how you feel. Um, but any type of workout, any sort of programmed where workout. You have like
0: intervals or yeah, a lab run or something. All you're doing
1: is setting yourself up to not get the most out of that workout and not recover well.
0: Yeah. So that's our take. Um, the next question, and this is actually something I asked Michael when we were we're getting ready for this podcast, just because I feel like you might not we might not think about it. I feel like it could be overlooked. But it's basically like, what about if you're not fasting, but you just have not recently fueled your body? So I'm going to use an example of maybe you participate in like a training group for your runs at 6.30 p.m. at night. So maybe you take your lunch break from about 12 to 1 and you eat lunch. And maybe maybe you have a little snack around 2 or 3. Maybe you don't. Let's say you don't. And then you go to do your run at 6.30. You get done at 7.30. And maybe you eat dinner at 8. So you finish lunch at 1.00. You have a run at 6.30 and you eat dinner at 8. Um, what's the deal with that, Michael? How's that for our, for our body, our recovery, our performance?
1: Yeah, so I think about this from a couple of perspectives. The first one being kind of from a blood sugar control perspective. So if we think about trying to keep balanced, good levels of blood sugar, we should eat every, you know, three to five hours. For most athletes, I say every three to four because calorie needs are so much higher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so,
0: and that's just for general humans, three to five, right. every, eating every three to five hours to control your blood sugar for all humans. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's like a normal blood sugar control thing. But for athletes, I kind of tighten that down a little bit yeah. to be every three to four hours. Um, and so, if it's been over three to four hours since you ate last, chances are that you're kind of already starting to work your way back into that catabolic state blood sugar starting to drop our body's probably having to break down so this is the fun thing about that liver glycogen that we talked about when our blood sugar starts to get low our liver dumps some of that glycogen there it breaks some of it down and dumps it into the blood to kind of get those blood sugar levels back up so our body's trying really hard to keep it at a steady place and it does that
0: whether or not you've exercised that's what happens when like you skip breakfast and you get super hungry at 11 a.m. and you're like starving and your blood sugar is probably pretty low your body's dumping that glycogen and using those glycogen stores to to maintain a normal blood sugar
1: yeah and so if we're later in the day it's been like i said three to four hours since we ate last chances are that we're already breaking down some of that glycogen which is again just depleting some of those glycogen stores so we're not setting ourselves up for success with our workout um the other thing that you can run into is some of the signs of like hunger and low blood sugar which is like light headedness nausea, shakiness, none of those things are good for performance. And I would even go so far as to say they're really not safe, especially Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, out running by yourself. Or or, cycling on Yeah, exactly. The last thing you want to do is like pass out because you are hungry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So basically – oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry.
1: So that's like the first perspective is the blood sugar control perspective. Um, But again, the other perspective of that is just making sure that we have adequate energy to – that performance.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So basically this is kind of similar to like the fasted cardio thing we just talked about, which is if you eat lunch at like 12 to one ish, and then you're going to do your workout after work, there hundred percent should be some kind of snack in there in between. And we're going to talk about what that's going to be in just a few minutes. Um, our last FAQ is, and this one, I'd say we get the most of any of these questions and we'll, we'll hopefully help you out with this and can always come work with us, and we'll help you out even more. Yeah. Um, but what if a lot of people feel like they can't eat before a workout? So especially like again, we're talking specifically about like endurance sports here, but like cycling, running. Um, Michael, what should someone do if they they feel like they cannot eat before a workout?
1: Yeah, so this one's tough. Um, I, I think the first thing I would say is it's important not to leave this until just the lead up to your race. Yeah. Because this can be an experimentation process. If someone says that they can't eat before their workouts, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what have you tried to eat? Yeah. And if you've only tried one thing, then what you're telling me is that you can't eat that thing before your workouts. <laughs> yeah. um, it may be that you don't tolerate other things well as well, but I think it's important to try yeah. lots of different things to find something that works for you. Because it could be something as simple as, you know, a bar. It could yeah. be toast. It could be you know, any sort of thing. Or it could
0: be like gel. So we'll talk yeah. more about this in a second. But I think about like, if I have a super hard workout, um, sometimes I'll eat a little bit more further out, which again, we'll talk about in a second. But I use like the untapped maple gels, which is just like maple, maple syrup. syrup in a tube. It's so, so good if you haven't tried it. But um, like, that's super, super plain. Yeah. Um, So yeah, practice definitely like can train your body to feel more comfortable eating. And like Michael said, there's, so many foods out there, so many like food products specifically made for athletes. Um,
1: yeah, the other thing, like related to that, that I see is sometimes people try to make this too big, yeah. like they know they've got a big workout, and so they try to overload the carbs and they try to do too much, they try to do something too complicated. And if you're having trouble tolerating something, let's start really small and simple and then kind of work up and find our limit, yeah. Um, so you know, a lot of endurance athletes are coffee drinkers, um. So one of the things that's really simple and easy that goes along with coffee is like those little waffles, mm-hmm. like the Honey Stinger waffles or Boo um, used to make a version. I don't know if they still do. Um, Untapped does, but they go really well with coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's small, it's simple. And for a lot of people, that's, you know, kind of just enough. And what about
0: even just putting like maple syrup or sugar in yeah, your coffee? Yeah, so that's Whoa. a great one. I never thought um,
1: that. But anything is better than nothing. Yes. So if we can't do you know, a larger amount of food, let's start really small mm-hmm. and simple because anything's better than nothing. Um, the other thing is, I, I do have athletes that even if you work on this, don't tolerate eating solid food well mm-hmm. within, you know, a couple hours of their workout, they've just got really sensitive stomachs. Um, and so in situations like that, I would encourage people to do liquid carbs. So mm-hmm. like a sports drink, because you're going to need the electrolytes anyways. And it's going to be simpler, your body processes fluids faster. And so it's less likely to cause any sort of GI irritation or issues. Um, And again, anything's better than nothing. So if we can start sipping on a sports drink over the course of the hour before we start Mm -hmm. to work out, whether it's a ride or a run or a swim, um, that's definitely going to help us out more than doing nothing at all. Yeah. Um, And then kind of what I was getting at as well with that is this is something we can practice. So your gut, we've talked about this before, but your gut is an athletic organ. You can train it. You can teach it to kind of process a little bit more food. Um, I'm
0: still going to have like an upper limit for sure. But w- we got you, we can figure this out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so again, this is one of those things where maybe you start small and work your way up mm-hmm. kind of teach yourself. But again, this is why I encourage you not to wait until just that little lead up to your race. This is, this is a year round thing. This is something that in the off season, you're practicing this before just base pace runs yeah. to kind of figure out what things you can tolerate before you work out so that when you get to your peak training cycle and mm-hmm. stuff, and tr- leading up to the race that you really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not trying to figure this stuff out. You know, and then you're getting the most out of that training.
0: Yeah, awesome. So switching gears a little bit, um, before we wrap up FAQs, we talked a lot about like not eating enough before workouts basically here. So um, I do just want us to talk about some, some of the differences and important for um, females specifically. So there are in the research, Michael kind of hinted at this with... Um, yeah, this
1: was the asterisk.
0: Yeah, around... <laughs> around doing fasted cardio and and a lot of the research is in men. Um, So Michael, just tell us briefly um, kind of for our our female listeners out there about some of those differences and reasons that um, basically spoiler alert that women need to take this even more seriously probably than men.
1: Yeah. So like we talked about with the fasted workouts, fasted training kind of just takes like a physiological toll on you, right? It Mm -hmm. impairs performance, increases cortisol, things like that. Um, But this affects even greater in women Mm -hmm. due to hormonal differences. Um, so there's studies that show that, like we talked about, fasted training does increase fat, increase fat oxidation in men, but this doesn't necessarily translate to increased performance, um, especially as we get into higher intensities because you're switching over to burning carbs anyways, um, and then because you're fasted, you don't have the carbs on board. But what we see in the literature is that and research is that women don't necessarily respond to fasted training in the same manner that men do. Um, So women don't necessarily see that increase in fat utilization for their muscles learning to burn fat better. So let's pause
0: on that for a second. So as women, even if we wanted to do fasted cardio to improve fat oxidation, it's not going to happen for us probably. Like so, You may see a
1: slight increase depending on the person. You might not see any increase. It's
0: not going to be enough to improve performance basically. Like to make a difference where you could really tap into fat stores um, and things like that. Interesting. And,
1: and then the other piece of that is kind of like I said, even if we can improve fat oxidation, it doesn't necessarily result in increased performance. So we're chasing this thing thinking it's going to be improved performance, but there's really not a lot to support, especially if mm-hmm. you're racing because yeah. you're at higher intensities. It doesn't necessarily translate to improved performance. Um, but what we also see in women is that, like we said, you don't see that increase in fat utilization, but they can also experience greater post-exercise immune stress mm-hmm. and greater amounts of post-exercise inflammation than men do, again, when fasted. So doing fasted workouts kind of suppresses the immune system even more so in women and also um, increases inflammation. So obviously are ni- neither of those are positive things. We don't want to get sick and we don't want to have a bunch of inflammation that's keeping us from recovering. Yeah. I'm saying we, really, I mean women especially because that's what we're talking about, but In general, as athletes, you don't want those things. Right.
0: Those are not good things. So basically, in conclusion, we're going to move on to talk about how you should think about fueling before your workouts. But fasted workouts, especially for women, are not conducive to performance and can even be detrimental. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to move on to kind of our little final um, tidbit here for you, which is We've talked about why it's super, super important to fuel and how, you know, carbs and, and um, fueling works in the body. Then we kind of talked about why it's important to eat before your workouts and some of those FAQs. And now Michael's going to explain to us how to think about fueling before our workouts.
1: Yeah, so I like to break it down and think about the lead up to our workouts in kind of two time blocks. So that first chunk of time is the two and a half to four hours before a workout or race. This is further out. We've got a little bit more time. So here our priority is going to be carbs with some protein to help keep us full for that next two and a half to four hours, um, but also give us sustained energy over that period of time. Cause like we talked about, you should be eating every three to four hours anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we want to kind of maximize that meal. Um, But again, priority is going to be carbs and then obviously during this time block as well, we really want to make sure we're hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you pee and it's dark yellow, now is a great time. This two and a half to four hours before is a great time to go ahead and start ramping that up. Get mm-hmm. hydrated so you're headed in hydrated. And if
0: you have questions about hydration, episode two, yep, all about it, deep dive. It's a pretty long episode. We'll really change your mind about hydration if you aren't sold on why it matters for performance. So, awesome. And then um, some examples of this could be a normal meal. So, like, if you eat lunch at one and you're running at five. That's about four hours. You could have just your lunch. Um, but you want this meal, this pre-workout meal, especially if you're working out later in the day where you have time to eat a meal before, to be heavier on the carbs. So more potato, more rice, a sandwich, something that's just a little bit more substantial, carb-heavy and substantial for that, pre, um, that pre-workout that pre meal. And if you're running a race, you know, people normally wake up super, super early before a race to get in a meal, Um A few hours before so again carbs with some protein um could be what we want to get there
1: yeah and so that next time block is going to be the one to two hours directly before the workout or race so we've had maybe that meal further out depending on what time it is you know if it's a 6 a.m race you're probably not waking up at 2 a.m to eat maybe you are congrats to you (laughs) if you are um but in that one to two hours before a workout Our goal is to just top off those carb stores because like we said, over the course of that three to four hours, we're kind of seeing those blood sugar levels dip back down anyways. Mm -hmm. So we just want to top off the carbs that we've got. I call it on board, but it's in our body. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, just really reiterating that hydration. We want to make sure we're hydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, So the closer we are to a workout or race. So if we're getting closer to that one hour before or even 30 minutes before, we want that meal or snack to be smaller and simpler and more carb simple carb-based. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're eating a little bit further out, maybe at close to that two-hour window, um, we can have something a little bit more substantial, mm-hmm. um, start to introduce some other, other macronutrients like protein, fat. Um, but again, in that one to two hours before, we want to kind of limit those other things a little bit more so. so um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the goal of this is not to load our stomachs down with a bunch of food that's going to sit in there and slosh around while we're working out um, because as soon as you start working out, Blood starts going to working muscles and away mm-hmm. from your stomach, and so it can't process as much. So we don't want this to be as big and substantial and really tax our
0: our yeah. GI system. And fat and protein take are a little slower to digest yep. than carbs, so that's why. So we want to make sure that we're we're going a little bit more um, carb heavy because it it digests a little bit more quickly. So some examples of some things you could eat in that one to two hours before would be like a bagel with honey and/or a little bit of peanut butter, based on personal tolerance. Peanut butter is high fat and protein, but Sometimes to make that bagel palatable, just a plain bagel by itself yeah. with nothing on it. could be a little dry. Um, toast, English muffins, rice cakes, waffles, fruit. Um, some people tolerate different fruits better than others. So, you know, experiment with it like we've talked about. Or if like we talked about in the FAQs, you need to do a carb or electrolyte sports drink, just liquids only. You can do that. Um, or a carb-heavy bar. So like a granola bar type of thing that's really heavy in carbs. Um, so last question here, kind of before we, we give some, some closing thoughts, what about for a first thing in the morning workout? So if you kind of hinted at that with like a a 6am race or run, um, that somebody wouldn't get up at 2am, what should someone do? Like, should they, they panic and wake up at two to make sure they're getting in both of these windows of of fueling?
1: Well, for, for your typical workout, I would say no, just Mm -hmm. kind of treat this, you know, for most people's like typical schedule, you're not going to wake up at 2am and eat, Mm -hmm. go back to sleep get up, do your workout and then go to work. Right. right? That's not, that's unrealistic for your typical schedule. Right. Um, And so for most people, I just, I just say, you know, maybe get up a little bit earlier. Like if you're Mm -hmm. a person that rolls out of bed and immediately goes for your run, like within 30 minutes of waking up, maybe try and get up like 30 minutes earlier and then we'll have a snack treating it like that one to two hour window, depending on Mm -hmm. what time you work out. Um, But it's not like these two time blocks are not necessarily requirements, Mm -hmm. but these are kind of, if you notice, the recommendations for these windows were different between the two of them. So that one to two hours before is a little bit simpler, smaller, et cetera. And so if you can't get in that, you know, two and a half to four hours before, then you're going to kind of focus on doing the best you can with that one to two hours before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So kind of wrapping up here. Like Michael said a couple times, as always, this is an experimentation process of finding foods that work for you, make you feel good, and that you can tolerate. So what your friend might be able to tolerate and tells you to try, there's not something wrong with you if you can't tolerate it too. Every body, every GI tract is different. Um, Additionally, you may need to play around with the timing. Um, You know, we've had athletes that can't eat anything solid for at least two hours before workouts and other people... That can eat a PB and J while they're putting on their running shoes. I remember, um, and as I am kind of embarking on this ultra marathon journey, um, w- running with some people who ate sheets before the run, and I was like, "How is this possible?" And now, as I've kind of been running longer and working with Michael on this, I um, usually eat a bar like in the five minutes before I start a run, um, and it's not necessarily like a low fat bar or anything like that. But I've just gotten to a place where I can. I can I really eat it. just about anything, um, so that just goes to show you can practice. So um, yeah, that's our that's our um, our podcast for you on why you should really focus on fueling before your workouts if you're trying to maximize performance. Um, or we think you should just feel before your workouts, period. Very big on feeling your body over here. So thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already heard our other episodes, um, this is episode four, so there are three others. Go ahead and give them a listen on hydration, strength training for endurance athletes, and a little bit just about us if you'd like to get to know us a little bit better. Um, If you haven't already, like or follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's where you can listen to us anytime. We're dropping new episodes every single Monday, so we'd love your feedback on what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Um, in the meantime, catch us on Instagram at Rainer Strength and Nutrition, and um, go eat your your pre-workout snacks, and we'll we'll see you next time. Yeah, and
1: please share the podcast with a friend. Um, yes. yeah, you know, we want to help as many athletes as possible.
0: Yes, thanks. All right, see you in the next episode.